What is up, you guys? Welcome to the Dear Universe, It's Me podcast, where we explore different spiritual topics, wellness journeys, and really have raw conversations with an intention to remove the veil and unleash our magic. And you all know, if you have been here before, I am in the midst of a really big awakening. And so I love having these real and raw conversations. And welcome to the podcast. You are listening to episode 12. And if my voice does not sound familiar to you, my name is Jenny and I am your host living in Phoenix, Arizona, where thankfully it is starting to cool down here in October. If my voice does sound familiar to you, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so, so excited to have you here and it's so lovely to meet you and thank you for intentionally pressing play on this episode. I am so excited to have you all listen to it. So today's guest is someone who I actually found on Instagram. I slid into her DMs. I found her on the Explore page and her content is incredible. I'm going to link everything down below. Follow her. I don't want to chat for too long in this intro because I want to get into this episode. Her name is Amrit Sadna. She's an anxiety coach, otherwise known as Body Bliss Life. So you guys get on Instagram and follow her at Body Bliss Life or her website is bodyblisslife.com. Her content is inspiring and it's real and it's raw and she is vulnerable and I remember she put on her stories one day that she was divorced and light bulb went off in my head because I'm divorced, I'm around her age and it's rare for me to find a woman that I can connect with on this level who's also divorced so immediately I was drawn to her so I slid on into those dms and I asked if she wanted to come on the podcast and she was delighted to and we had a really amazing conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it so Amrit Sadna she lives in Portland so we were lucky enough to do this virtually she has found that no matter how much trauma you survive how depressed or anxious you are or how hopeless you feel you can heal and live in joy in your body mind and spirit which we all need and we all deserve you can conquer all of the fear and programming that is holding you back and follow your deepest dreams which a lot of us don't do because we have fear things from our past right it is her experience in changing her relationship with her own anxiety that she realized that she could help others to do so as well So we talk all about that. We talk about her past. We talk about divorce and loss. We talk about our female sexual awakenings, which is a a topic that is unfortunately a little bit taboo still. So I encourage you to listen to this episode and to really allow yourself to listen to some of the things she mentions because they are so true and us as women really have a birthright to a lot of these things that we discuss but society sometimes tells us otherwise. Anyways, listen to this episode, share your thoughts and she's also accepting new clients right now. So visit bodyblisslife.com if you're looking for an anxiety coach you know, someone to chat with. Um, She is a great, great resource. So before we jump into the episode, let's take a breath. So I don't know if you guys can tell, but my throat really hurts today. My voice is a little, it's a little off. And so when I take really deep breaths, it kind of hurts in my chest a little bit, which is probably a reason that I need to breathe more (laughs) and relax a little bit today. So wherever you are, as always... If you're seated in a chair or on the floor, find your sit bones and identify your spine. Find a little bit of length. Relax your shoulders. Just start to tap in a little bit. Give yourself permission. I say this all the time on this podcast. 
Give yourself complete permission to tune into your breath, to feel, to tap in. On your next exhale, consciously release air from your lungs. Beautiful. Then take a deep breath in through your nose. As you're breathing in, feel your lungs expand. Really, really notice any areas of tension, any areas of pain here. Hold the breath at the top. Exhale through your nose. Good. And just by noticing your breath and focusing on the inhale and the exhale, you're allowing other stressors in your life to fade away. Breathing is huge. It's important. I have goosebumps right now just because I took a moment to do that and to breathe and to cue it with you guys. So it's so beneficial. We all know this. It relaxes us. It treats anxiety. It relaxes our nervous system. So many benefits. So give yourself that permission to breathe at any point in the day whenever you need it. Breathe. Okay. Let's jump into today's episode talking all about loss, divorce, female awakening. Can you hear me snapping? I'm stoked. Let's get into it. I hope you love it. And here we go. Okay. I want to say thank you for coming on to my podcast because I don't know if you know this. I mean, I think you do. I just put it on my Instagram story. I literally found you on the Instagram explore page. (laughs) So I follow like a lot of herbalists and people who are spiritual, people who are into plant medicine. Um, I think actually what brought me to your page was your breathing. I think you have a story highlight on breath. Anyways, so I have a big yoga background and through my divorce, I've been on this big spiritual journey, which is really the purpose of my podcast. But Thank you for trusting a rando sliding into your DMs being like, hi, you don't know me. I just started a podcast. Can you come on? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So, um, and I'll tag all your information in the episode description, but I ask every single guest this and um, I think I might know your answer, but I'm not sure. How did you get started in this wellness spiritual world that you are now in and working in? Yeah. I actually have a very long relationship with it. I grew up in like a spiritual community. And um, so I've been into holistic life since as far as I can remember, quite honestly. And while that sounds all fine and dandy, there's also like issues with that too. So don't think there's like (laughs) such thing as perfect. Um, But I've been self-studying like Ayurveda and living a fairly... Ayurvedic based lifestyle since I was about 12 years old. Um, I've been doing yoga and meditation since I was uh, about 10 or 11 years old. Um, and so none of this is, is new to me, but it's kind of fun to see it being new for so many people. Um, and um, yeah, that's kind of the lowdown of it is odd. It is kind of trending a little bit right yeah. now. Yeah. And I'll is. and I'll be honest, it totally worked to my advantage. Um okay. and I will get in trust we will get into divorce in a minute. But um after my my loss and my pain, I had no idea what to do and I found yoga and that really really catapulted me into this holistic lifestyle or just this journey of trying to discover who I am, why I'm here, what's my higher power, how can I reduce anxiety in my life 
And so because it is a little trendy, thankfully, it, you know, it really did save my life. But um, you're like the fourth guest I've talked to who's like, I just, I've grown up like this. I've always been around it. So what an interesting concept now to see people everywhere tapping into yeah. their spirituality. You're like, well, hey, listen. It's, a, it's, in, it's, um, everybody has their own journey and there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's definitely, um, things that I see get um, bastardized quite a bit um, that I'm like, e, that's not really how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> Even right now in the yoga community with, with what's going on and uh, Black Lives Matter, it's been really interesting to see, you know, um, topics like ahimsa or certain laws kind of be violated. And it is so anyways, it's very, very interesting. It's an interesting time. Yeah. And um, the whole whole nother topic, maybe a whole nother podcast, but the really community is. that I grew up in blew up early January um, because it, it was a cult. Um, and um, the, the leader who's been gone since 2004 had um, tens of tens of accusations against him since mm-hmm. January start to come out. And so the, the community is very divided. Now there's the believers and the victims and there's the other side. And so the world is just crumbling right now. Everything's crumbling and all these facades that we have up and all these curtains that we have up are starting to fall and expose the truth. And there's the people that will be open to the truth. And there's the people who want to live in ignorance. So, yes, yes. Our ego is a big issue too. (laughs) Yes. COVID and quarantine is removing veils from everyone and it's been very enlightening. Um, And you mentioned Ayurveda. That could also be a whole other episode. I know when we were chatting, I was like, you're like, we could talk about this. We did. (laughs) I'm like, I like all these. Um, But I want to ask you, and really what I think is fascinating and really beautiful about your journey is that when I came to your page and was looking at your business, I would have never, ever thought that you had been through divorce, which I think is an issue because it's a stigma in my own mind that if you're happy and you're successful and you're confident, you haven't you haven't really, you know, everything's been easy, but I actually think the most beautiful people have struggled really, really, really deeply. And so I want, you know, share as much as you'd like, but your journey with divorce, what did it look like for you? And, and, you know, I'll just tell you, I was married for five years to my high school sweetheart. And so we were together a total of 10 years and it was an interesting ride and my divorce completely shook my entire life. I'm a completely different person. So I'm so curious to hear from you. Yeah. So um, my ex and I got together young. Um, We were 20 when we met. Actually, we were 18 when we met, Um, 20 when we started dating uh, we we grew up in the same community, but um, didn't know about one another until later. And um, we were together for 12 years, married for eight. Um, it was, we trauma bonded. Um, we had a really rough go. I, I remember sitting in my therapist's office um, after I'd told her that I decided to file for divorce. And just, just sobbing. Cause I, you know, it's, it's everything I knew. It was my entire adult life. I had never lived on my own. Like I lived, you know, with roommates in college, but, um, went straight from roommates in college to living with him. 
Um, it was everything I knew. And she just said, you literally tried everything you could possibly have tried. And so now you try something new. And, um, it was, he wanted the separation. Um, he kind of forced my hand in it. He originally said, let's just get a divorce. And I was like, let's try a separation. Let's just see, let's take some space. Um, and literally it was one of those things where I was like, okay, we're separating. Then next day I found an apartment. I moved out within two weeks. Um, we cleaned out the house we were living in and I, I never, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could survive without him. I didn't think I could leave. I didn't think I could live without him. I didn't think I could leave. I didn't think I could thrive. Um, No, I didn't either. No way. (laughs) No, there's, you know, you're, you're like, there's just nobody else. Like there's, this might be like horrible most days, but like, I love him so much. And like, there's just nobody else I could possibly love like this. Um, And I just kept putting one foot in the front of the other. And um, it was fucking hard. It was, uh, there were days, um, I quite literally felt like I cut off a limb and was living without a limb for a while. It feels Uh, that way. It does. It really, really does. And I know we had like a very enmeshed uh, codependent relationship. So maybe, maybe it doesn't feel like that that way for everybody. Um, But I listened to a lot of music, cried a lot of tears, danced every day, exercised every day, um, talked to one of my best friends who I, who I actually work with. So I'd go into work every day and have somebody there who was actually going through a similar experience and we just supported one another. Um, super grateful for him every single day. Um, and journaled, meditated, went to therapy, um, screamed into pillows, punched pillows. <laughs> you did all the things. You did you did all the things that I should have done. I did like that, all the things. It took me about three years before yeah. I started processing it. it. Yeah, I'm a year I'm just now a year out. I okay. left last June. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It everyone's journey is different. Totally. But I, and you're a little younger than me. I can't remember how old are you? Twenty nine. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're four years younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I didn't, I had zero sense of who I was outside of this person. So, I mean, oh my God, I remember I would do things and and he was my first, everything. He was my first, everything. First boyfriend. Yep. Through, I stayed in Seattle to go to college because of him. I mean, just so many things now I'm slapping myself for. And I think now I'm where I meant to be. I'm on the right trajectory, but it, I had no sense of self at all. Everything I did was about him. Every single emotion I felt was, how is this going to make him feel? What does he want? I didn't even, I had no idea. So um, when my, when my relationship finally ended, I, I mean, I think I just posted about this. I literally was suicidal and I look back and now, and I'm like, it was that a weakness that I had, but the tools that you're mentioning are things that I think people need. And I just sank. I was like, well, I could swim or I could sink. And in this moment, I'm going to let myself sink. I knew I didn't want to turn to drugs. I didn't want to turn to alcohol. I didn't sleep with a bunch. Well, 
we all have that phase that took me, it took me a while to process that part. We'll but, get there in the conversation. Oh God, which I think is a necessary it thing absolutely for is. women to do. Yeah, absolutely. But I had no idea what my life was going to be without him. Yeah, I felt like I lost, a, like someone died. So I lost 20 pounds. I wasn't eating. I was suicidal. My dad had to literally come to my house and hand me a protein shake and be like, you're going to drink this. The divorce and, is very real. Yes. Very and real. and I think friends I had couldn't understand the amount of darkness I was feeling. But now finally going to therapy a few years later, I'm uncovering the codependency, the abandonment issues that I have, anxiety, so much anxiety, but it loss is such a hard, it's such a hard thing. And you mentioned going to therapy. Was that a therapist that you were already seeing in your marriage? Yeah. So I've been, I have actually been in and out of therapy since I was about four years old. Um, I had a, a trauma, heavy trauma in my childhood. And, um, so I've been in and out of therapy. Um, and, and, you know, that it was probably that trauma that made me seek out the relationship that I did so that I could act out the codependency that I had learned from that. Um, and it all makes sense now. Um, when we were together, I was seeing a therapist for a while, um, same therapist I see now, but we just didn't have the finances to do it. And, um, when I left, I was like, I, I have to do this. Like, I am not going to get through this without going to therapy. Um, and I will say this as somebody who's been in, in and out of talk therapy and done all sorts of healing modalities my entire life, I think took talk therapy is so incredibly important, but I also do understand it's so freaking hard to find a good therapist. <laughs> and it's expensive too. It's expensive. Yeah. It's hard. Um, so I will say therapy was so huge, um, doing, more continued work on codependency was super huge. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD um, three years ago, um, which was actually from, I have some from my marriage, but it was mostly from my trauma and my childhood. And um, realizing that abandonment's like one of my biggest triggers um, was it was hard during a divorce because I, I felt like my body was on fire um, or my mind actually more was on fire for a really long time. And I had to constantly keep pulling myself back into my body. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of things that he provided for me, like protection and just being there and and those things that now I was a single woman living alone, um, starting to date. And, um it was, it took me really realizing like, I have to protect myself now in a way that I never had to before. Um, and just be really smart. And um, that was a whole new learning curve too. And before I was with my husband, like, or before my husband and I split, I'd only been with the guy I lost my virginity with and my ex-husband. So like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What an awakening it is. What an awakening. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's exact same thing. And um, did you do you feel like you had physical because I've a lot of people have messaged me because they've gone through divorce. And um, have you have you experienced any physical manifestations of the emotional pain or the depth of the trauma? Like 
like for me, it was it was weight loss or a lot of people get really sick. They yeah. get really ill because they're in such a depressive state. I, I did lose um, in the last year, I've probably lost 25 pounds. I will say though, that the last year and a half to two years, I put weight on because I was trying to make myself bigger. I was trying to make myself more visible. I was trying to make myself oh, wow. something he would want or wouldn't yeah. want or everything in between. Mm-hmm. And so I, well, yes, there was definitely a lot of anxiety and depression and there was weeks to months where it was hard to get one meal down a day. Um, but I, again, worked with my therapist on it, had accountability people that I was checking in with to make sure that I was taking care of myself. Um, this, I am back to the size that like, I've always been happy at. Um, so yeah, there, and to me, that's more, yes, there's the, the divorce diet, but also I shed a lot of emotional weight when I walked away as well. The divorce diet. Yeah. That is interesting that you say that. I haven't heard that before. Oh, really? No, that was yeah, I well, I just I couldn't eat. I would it would make me feel so sick. I remember I had a friend who was like, "We're getting you out of the house. We're taking you out for a drink." And of course, he took me to a bar that I had been to with my ex husband, and so it made me more sad. And I just literally remember trying to eat like chips and guacamole or something, and I thought I was gonna vomit. I was you're like, "I'm because you're hungry." But then nothing sounds good. And so then you eat and then you're nauseous because you ate something. And it's just like a vicious cycle. And you're like, I'm yeah. so hungry, but I'm so not hungry at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that for a long time. But I just remember feeling – and I, I, to an extent, I still feel this now. I don't know if you do. I feel – a certain sense of shame and I wish I didn't. And that's why you empower me so much because your content is so uplifting. It's like, fuck yeah, I'm a strong woman. I feel, you know, like you, I was telling my friend this, um, you post stuff on your story. That's fucking vulnerable. You know, like the average, the average person might not want to do that, but you do it and it makes you real. And it makes people like me see that and go, Oh, yeah, I feel that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I would say there was definitely I don't feel shame about getting a divorce now. Um I will say, you know, in the beginning it was kind of like, oh, all those people were right 8 years ago or whatever, you know, kind of like thing or like all these people who are fucked up can make it, but I can't make like what's wrong with me? Um, and now it's more of like, we tried and I tried probably longer than I should have and, and it didn't work. And the nicest, most compassionate, most loving thing we could have done for one another was just let each other go so that we could try and find happiness, mm-hmm. um, outside of one another. Uh, we still talk like we're, we're, we're working on having a friendship, but romantically it just is not, it just didn't work. We couldn't, um, I just think we were such a strong mirror of each other's trauma and it was constant. Um, and that just made it really difficult to make a relationship a, a function. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I didn't have any, I, I don't have shame around that now, but I, I do understand the shame of being like, great, I'm, I'm 33 and I'm divorced. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I it the only the thing that's really hard for me now is all of my friends from high school, the ones who specifically were like, Jenny, don't be with him. 
he's bad for you. He was like the bad boy in high school. Sure. And I, and I just, I, it was like, it felt like an addiction. It really did. Oh yeah. It felt like an addiction. It was, I was completely addicted to this dysfunctional, codependent, narcissistic, empathic relationship. And, you know, I'm thankful for it because now I realize so many triggers that I have because of it. Like abandonment is a huge one or needing control because I never, ever had control in that relationship. So, um, but I see a lot of my friends now from high school getting married and having babies. And that's a hard one for me to try and not not feel shame around. It's really, really difficult. And I know I live alone. So this whole time in quarantine, I've just been here by myself, seeing all of these celebratory things on social media. And it really is hard for me. And I just got a life coach, thank goodness. And she's been helping me a lot, but I need to release that shame and I can't, and I don't, I think eventually it'll go away, but I do think I'm holding myself back from meeting my person because I'm holding on to to all of this crap yeah. that I cannot just say, you know what, I learned, it's all good, and I'm going to release it. And and him and I don't talk, and I don't have a – there was a lot of abusive components, so I don't have an interest yeah, in having a relationship. Yeah, that's yeah, totally but it's, valid. It's hard. It's really hard, and I think that once you start to um, – heal the deeper wounds, you'll open yourself up to something more, you'll be ready for something more. I will say I started dating pretty, pretty much right away. Um, I was gonna ask it, you it was about like that. a couple months, I downloaded Tinder. <laughs> Listen, Tinder. Oh, Tinder. I actually get the most dates from Tinder. From, I'm not I, on anything right now. But Tinder is pretty, it's, you get, you get a mix, you get a mix. You know, I, um, so I, yeah, I would say it was like two months, but that being said, like the last couple of years of our marriage was almost sexless. I have a very high sex drive. Your girl was horny, ready to go. <laughs> You're a Scorpio, right? You know? <laughs> makes, makes perfect sense. Say no more. <laughs> and I, um, yeah, it's so funny. And so I, I met, I, I'm actually like really good friends with the guy that I, the first guy that I went on a date with. That's really nice. We like, yeah. Like literally he just FaceTimed me this morning and we talked for like 20 minutes. Like <laughs> what a blessing. It's a, he's a sweetheart. Um, but yeah, I, um, you know, we, I will, I'll say this. I haven't seen anybody exclusively since I've been single. I'm ready for that now. Like you and I have talked about that on Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm ready for something more consistent. But again, I got with my ex when I was um, 20, 21, and I didn't have those normal developmental years to explore. And I had a massive sexual awakening in the last year. Um, yes. I am more in love with my body than I have ever been. Um, I feel sexy. I feel empowered. I feel powerful. And that's, I think, because I gave myself that leash and gave myself that permission to not be tied to any one person and explore and do what I want when I want, when I want mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That, there's so many things. Okay. So it, it's so funny. When I was married, I started going to a pole dance studio. And um, a lot of the dance I actually see where, that you where posted, you Divine Movement Dance in okay, Seattle. Where are you? Okay, so she 
the woman who created that used to do S Factor, which is what I'm trained in. Oh, you've heard of Divine Movement. Movement. Yeah, I know about Divine Movement. Oh, my God. Like, it's the same thing. That is why it looks familiar. I I was like, that's boudoir dance. Like, she's doing, she's doing Caterpillar. And oh, my God. Okay, so you know all about it. Yeah, I do. I Okay, so I started doing that when I was married. And when I became divorced, I was going to the studio like three, four times a week to dance because it was a way that I could really tap into my feminine power. And I had never done that before. The intimacy that I had with my husband was so, it was so loveless and it was lifeless and I wasn't comfortable with myself and I wasn't owning myself and my pleasure was in the backseat. Like my, we, we as women have a birthright to pleasure and we really do. People, people don't talk about that enough. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll have to tell I you this later. Think but- one of your biggest, uh, one of a female's biggest forms of manifestation and creating what we want in our life is in our first and second chakra and in our sexual power and in our orgasm. Like it's just like so it's huge, huge. And yeah, then when you choose to bring somebody into that space with you, and you choose that person to come into that space with you, it's uh, quite literally mind-blowing. <laughs> yes, it is. And so when I started moving my body, experiencing pain and trauma after everything, it looked and felt so much different because I was dancing and moving for myself. Before, it was quite literally like, I want to go and learn how to be sexy for a man. And that's not the move, sis. That is not really? the move that is not the move and so yes i i really really wish all women could have access to a boudoir dance class yeah. that you and i have experienced um i my friends if, when i go to their apartment and we have nights where we drink and play games i literally always dance for them i always. will give my friends laugh dances <laughs> and you know what it, it's so empowering and just to own your body own and so it. yes and give your body as a gift to that person it's so fun and so beautiful like I um, one of my dearest friends now she like the second time I met her I gave her a lap dance and she still like talks she was just talking about it the other day she's like I think the second time we met you gave me a lap dance and I'm like I'm just very open with my body yes I have heels here and like two people have seen them and people always are like um I'm like don't worry nothing like I I have nothing again or maybe I am you'll never know (laughs) right right exactly but I don't know how I got to that point because I was depressed for so long I really think at some point after you are have a breakup that big that cosmic something literally just clicked for me I so my first date after divorce um, I think was actually four months and I felt like I was ready. And now looking back, I definitely wasn't. Um, it's just taken me so much longer to heal, which is okay. But um, once I started hanging out with him, I realized, oh my God, there's so many things that I never experienced, whether it's emotionally, intellectually, physically, like I missed out on so much, not missed out. Cause I learned it's a journey. I'm grateful but um, there is life after divorce. Oh my there God. Is so life. much life. So much yeah. life. Honestly, I am happier than I've ever been, even with how hard the last year has been. Um, 
and going through personal stuff and then dating and then seeing similar patterns coming up and having to be like, okay, Amrit Sadna, like, what the fuck? Thought we learned from this one. Let's reroute and never do that again. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. the universe would be like, here you go. Here's the same lesson oh, again. Here's a great <laughs> lesson for you. Um, yeah, I just really gave myself permission to like explore and, um, you know, I, I got ghosted once I got stood up on a couple dates. Like I got stood up on one, two dates in one week, which was wild. Um, really humiliating, isn't uh, it? And luckily I didn't go to the place. It was more of like, we were supposed to meet for both of them. We were supposed to meet around a certain time and like 30 minutes before the like suggested time I was like hey we still meeting up and one guy blocked me like literally we'd been he'd been texting me for weeks good morning every morning good night every night and I was like not engaging with him that much I wasn't even that into it and I was like yeah let's meet and go for a walk and then the night of I texted and I was like hey would you still want to meet tonight and it went green like just like and then the other guy same thing and the other guy texted hey still want to get together tonight never heard from him and then a week and a half later, I get a text that's like, hey, sorry, something came up meant to text you. And I was like, dude, week and a half later, like, no. And so I didn't respond. Yeah. And then like three weeks later, I got a, hey. Like, you can leave. You can <laughs> get out of here. I went on a date with a guy who um, we came back here and I was like, I'm not having sex with you tonight. And was like, okay, we don't have to. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I just told you we weren't going to. <laughs> and then, of course, he fucking tries because he's a guy and didn't know where my clit was. Was rubbing a good two inches north. Yeah, a lot of guys have no idea about the female anatomy. And I was like, yeah. I looked him dead in the eye and I was like, you need to go home now. <laughs> yep. It's, it's been, it's shocking, actually, the amount of men our age who don't know where certain they, parts of the female, they, or they even how female pleasure functions. Like he was a 33 year old man. Like, yeah, it's, I, yeah, dating is, it's not great. Um, it's but not. man, you get it, some really funny stories. You get some hard stories. Um, you get everything in between and you just have to remind yourself when shit goes south, if someone ghosts you, if someone stands you up, um, if someone treats you like shit, it's not about you. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with you. And that's no. been the biggest lesson of dating is it feels so personal, but not taking it personally. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. It's really hard to do. Yeah. Ghosting is just a part of it. And it mm-hmm. happens. all th- And every single time speaking about abandonment, every single time I'm ghosted or stood up, it hits me way harder than it should because Thanks. it's hitting an abandonment spot. And, and then I, I spiral. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not worth it. Maybe, maybe he didn't I'm like Maybe exactly. all the things. Exactly. And that's the thing is that it, it makes you question yourself when it's like, I never even met this guy and he's ghosting me. So clearly as nothing, that's more of a reflection on him than it is on me um but dating's brutal it's it is it's really brutal and you just it's just something you kind of have to endure Mm -hmm. if you want to be with somebody (laughs) yeah have have you had guys um reject you because you're divorced no I actually share with them do you share with them that you're divorced I actually usually do I actually usually say it before I meet them first because I would rather have my my kind of like philosophy, I mean, my friends might tell you a different story because I've been a lot 
the last year. <laughs> You're going through it. You're feeling the pain. I have been a lot. And I've been like, you guys, I feel like these are new legs. I don't know how to walk on them. I have no clue how to date. That's the fun part. That is the best part. Yeah. And, um, but I usually will tell them before. Um, and I've never... I've never had somebody tell me they have an issue with the fact that I'm divorced, but maybe they then didn't pursue further things because of that, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I've never had somebody be like, oh, no, I don't div- date divorced women or whatever. Thank God. That would hurt. That, yeah. that, would be, that would hurt. I'm not going to lie. That one would really hurt. Yeah. It's happened to me twice. And I think that's where there's shame. Yeah. Is when men say stuff. One guy, one guy literally told me that I had failed because I was divorced. And it's just, you know, it's all good. Again, it's really not about me. But if if you had to look back, or you know, you're still you're still processing, it sounds like a little bit um here and there, but if you had to give people like one or two big tools, like anyone who's gone through huge loss, what would you say? Like I've heard you say things like permission to feel. That's massive. Oh, I didn't God, give yeah. myself permission to feel oh, shit. I was like, we're putting up a brick wall and we're not gonna feel anything and we're gonna cry and not eat and um, not function, which wasn't good. No, I I am a huge proponent in allowing yourself to feel the emotions that you're feeling because you're already, your body's already feeling them. So when you like try and shut them down or anything like that, really, it's just you like telling, you're gaslighting yourself um, basically. And so I gave myself days to cry if I needed to. Um, I would play songs on repeat that I had an emotional response to until I felt like I didn't want to listen to it anymore and like process. I did a lot of those songs. There's a couple. Have have you heard I Got the Boy by Jana Kramer? No. It's basically she's like, I got the boy, you got the man. Like I had the high school boy who cheated on me. And now you're this other woman's getting the man. It's a really, but that was my, I listened to it like 20 times. Yeah. I listened to if the world was ending, um, by JP. Oh, that's a good one. A lot. And it's a good one to dance to as well. It's a really good one to dance to. And I have no right to love you by rise Lewis. My ex and I actually would like send each other songs back and forth to each other. Like how, like we would like process, um, and there was a really long period of time where we just didn't talk. Um, I just needed space. I didn't have interest in having communication. Um, and, but yeah, a lot, giving yourself permission to feel what you're feeling. It's grief comes not in the order of the stages that they say it, you can go out of order. You can come back to a stage um, several times sometimes. And the only way to get to the other side is to go through it. You can't go around it. You're eventually going to hit into it if you avoid it. And so I'm kind of, this is sometimes to a fault, the person that likes to go head first into things. And I'm just like, let's emotionally cut through music. Let's just let myself bleed out to the music right now. And, and when I'm done, I'm done. Um, and journaling was so, so, so huge for me. Um, and then the second tool, um, just remind yourself every single day that like you're enough and you didn't fail. 
and that this ended so something better could come along. Mm-hmm. That um, that was huge for me, just reminding myself that I do deserve um, happiness and I do deserve the kind of love that's healthy and compassionate and passionate and not codependent and not sick. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. There's a quote. um, It's something about a seed. Like you think you've been buried, but really you've been planted. Yeah. I saw that. Did you post that the other day? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. And I, I really, I think I even wrote that on a post-it when I was um, in the process of going through the divorce. And, you know, the one empowering thing for me in my situation was that I, I'm the one who filed for divorce. So that's the one thing. Yeah, it's the one thing I had control over. And I, fa- I found that that really helped. But that quote about the seed, because I totally felt buried. I, th- I felt like it was the end of my life. I, I literally told my dad... I can't be happy after this. I I can't see a future where I'm alone and happy. And fast forward three years, you know, it's taken me this long to, to stand up and to want to feel everything and get past it. But I moved to a completely different state by myself and we can do hard things. Women can do, men can too, of course, but you know, women are just, we're just, we're wired to endure. Yeah. I had my therapist said to me once a while back, I was just like, ugh, I feel like my life has been nonstop. Like I never get a break. And she's like, well, it kind of has been. She's like, quite honestly though, like you are the, one of the most resilient people I've ever met. Like the fact that you still get up every day after the shit that you've been through and you like are such a light for people. Mm-hmm. Um, that like not everybody does that. No, no, it's not everyone does, and it's super hard. And um, I like that you mentioned the stages of grief, and they're not linear either. They're, they're so not, not that, linear. No, they're and not in that order, and they're not linear. I would like to add, like <laughs> my, I was not just going through divorce. My grandfather died unexpectedly last June and my mom had been diagnosed with leukemia in February. So I was going through a family member with cancer, a huge family loss and this. And so I felt like I was hit by a truck. Yeah. And, and you saying permission to feel that's a lot of shit to feel. It's a lot to feel. That's a lot to feel. Um, Goodness, yeah. And so, that's you know, so I did have I did definitely had some coping mechanisms, not gonna lie, but like um they were healthy ones, I would say, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What were some of them? Because I'm gonna tell um, you what I did and it's not healthy. That's okay. You know what? I started my um because I was in such like a PTSD flare for quite a long time, um, my therapist had recommended cannabis use. And so I big proponent huge proponent Arizona um, needs to get and this train. is coming from somebody who used to be so anti-cannabis I was too my ex-husband would smoke and watch basketball and I was like disgusted yep. and now yeah, and I now I, I it's in my weekly rotation um I have done endless research on it I've read books I have um you know I've done the research we actually have 
endocannabinoid receptors in our body, which are meant to take in cannabis and use them. doesn't mean it's for everybody, but we actually have those receptors in our brain. And it's a powerful earth medicine. And quite frankly, I was um, much more willing to do that than like a prescription drug for my anxiety. Um, And, you know, you know, and I felt like a fraud for a while. I'm like, I'm an anxiety coach and I'm a fucking mess. And then I had my therapist remind me, she's like, yes, you also have PTSD, which is different from daily anxiety. (laughs) So she's like, you have to like rein it in. Like it's, it's okay. And she's like, also welcome to like the therapist's dilemma of like, how am I helping people in my life as a mess? Yeah. I mean, we all do it. I used to teach yoga like four days a week. And in yoga class, I would tell people these beautiful things, you know, breathe in light, breathe out all of, you know, anything toxic in your life. And I would tell them all these wonderful affirmations. And then I would go home and overeat or get on Tinder and do things that weren't serving me. And they were really toxic. So one of my coping mechanisms was, I think part of it was discovering um, my sexual self and my femininity, but it did, it was a coping mechanism that wasn't tied to anyone emotionally. And I, I realized after a few months, I was like, okay, got that out of my system. Good. That was fine. But not, not what I need to be doing anymore. It's not serving me anymore. But I, I do think, um, and it's tricky to say, cause obviously I don't like endorse it, but I do think all women post divorce or post a big breakup, need to find themselves and they need to explore and they need to get uncomfortable. And, um, and, you know, dating is very vulnerable, but it empowered me so much. Yeah. I'm it. I'm much smarter now um, about it. And I was pretty smart when I started, but I'm much smarter about it now. My bullshit level is at an all time low after a year of dating. Um, bullshit meter is on point. <laughs> It's kind of like, you know, this, um, there's a guy I'm seeing now and we were texting and I was like, what are you looking for? And he's like, I was about to ask you the same thing. And I was like, well, I asked you first. And he's like, I'm ready to like take someone seriously and see where things go organically. And I was like, great. That's kind of like where I'm at. And then I was like, babe, but is that like player speak for, um, you know, like you don't really want a girlfriend, but you want consistent, you know, <laughs> kitty cat. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, oh my God, you're direct. And I was like, I've had a shitty year. Yeah. Let me just be direct. I mean, I'm, I'm to the point where I was hanging out with this guy and I was not feeling it at all. And bless his heart. He was so sweet, but I just told him, I was like, listen, I think we're on different pages. I'm not looking for this. I think you are. I complete. I like respect you. You're a great person, but I don't want to see you again. You know, and it's just, it that's sucks. how you become. It's hard, but the the more you like flex that muscle, the easier it gets. And yeah. I have a team of great women in my life who are like my cheerleaders on the side who are like, no, that behavior is not okay. Or okay, you're being a little crazy or, you know, um, say this. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say having your cheerleaders, having your people around you is big. It's, it was my saving grace. Um, yeah, quite honestly. And, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's wild. Post-divorce is a, is a wildlife, but quite honestly, la- uh, not last Friday, but the Friday before would have been my ninth wedding anniversary. And um, they threw me a party, a divorce party. <laughs> oh, I love that. Mine was September 7th. I would have been married September eight years. Yeah, so like you're, right like- behind, you're right behind. And yeah. Oh, that's so cute. We made family dinner. And we did mushrooms. It was. <laughs> I love that. It was the best. And. I had some tears, you know, I had some tears that day. Mostly, I want to be a mom really, really, really bad. Me too, um, me too. And so mostly it was like, I thought I would have had a child by now. And like, yeah, even though I, I trust and believe that that's what will happen, it just seems so far away now. Even though the reality mm-hmm. is, is it was just as far away when I was in an unhappy marriage. Um, But it just feels more far away now. And I, but then I was like, but I'm honestly just like so proud of myself for leaving a toxic situation for thinking that I couldn't do something and not only doing it, but thriving on the other side. Yes. You should be proud of yourself and you're not alone with the children thing. I called my OB talking, my OBGYN asking about freezing my eggs the other day. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. So you're, you're not alone, but it will happen for both of us and in the cards and, and, we just have to continue to be proud of what we're doing. Yeah, and and honestly, I think the my biggest takeaway um, from my marriage and the first my biggest takeaway from the first date I had after my marriage was, holy shit, I had dimmed my shine so yes. much, my light was almost out. Was it because you were? you dimmed it because people were telling you you're too much or you just didn't believe in your power and your strength because I think it was both. I think it was both. I think that I, because of some of the traumas that happened within my marriage, um, I just didn't feel like I was lovable anymore. Um, you're literally speaking what I exactly the way that I feel. Yeah, I think that I didn't feel that I was lovable anymore and that there must be something wrong with me that, um, you know, the one person that's supposed to love you unconditionally isn't loving you unconditionally. Um, And so going on that first date and having that first sexual experience, um, I was like, oh, 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 like what, who is this woman that's like, in her body and in this empowered position, like making sure she gets hers and like, you know, who is this? And I think I dimmed my light for so many reasons unknowingly, you know? And, and I think that, that I did feel like I was too much in, in all the wrong ways and not enough in all the right ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. And you can look now and look back at that girl you know, who was struggling and didn't yeah. embrace those I can't, things. I can't really look at photos now still. Like I'll see them on my phone from back then. And it's I'll be hard. Like, <laughs> it's hard. When I look at pictures when I was married, I feel like I was a completely different person. Yeah. But I um, completely know what you're saying. And, and how nice that now you're on this upward 
movement and you can look back and, and say, you know, that girl was maybe lost and maybe hurting, but look how powerful and strong you are now talking yeah. about it even is hard. It's and that's- hard. Yeah. I still tear up because it's, um, it's core beliefs, it's core beliefs and it's painful. And so if I have one major takeaway from it, it would be never again. Will I put myself second? Never again will I continue to do things that do not align with my higher self. Um, never again will I doubt my power, my beauty, my talent, what I am as an individual. I no longer want a person to make my life better. I want a person who lives their life alongside me and we enhance each other's lives and we grow separately and together. Someone that adds value because you say you can come into my safe bubble and I'm happy, but you add value to my bubble. So I want you to come in. Yeah, absolutely. Versus I need you to come in because I'm not whole without you. Yeah. That's the difference, right? Yeah. And you're insatiable when you're, when you're in the, you can come in because I'm not whole without you. Nothing will ever be enough because it's an insatiable thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be an interesting segue. I have a, shit ton of Instagram questions. Okay, let's do it. So I think I, I posted on my story and tagged you and all of people who follow me are mostly people I know in my personal life. And they look, they looked at your Instagram and they're like, oh shit. So <laughs> some, of, some of them are divorce related, some not. And there's a, there's quite a bit. So I'll just pick some. Um, okay. So the guy that I mentioned who I told you, I was honest with and was like, Hey, I'm just not really feeling it. He just submitted this question. Love that um, for us. He said, my aunt died and my best friend has brain cancer all within one week. I need some tips. Okay. So not related. It's related to loss. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to hand that on to you. Um, yeah, absolutely. First of all, so incredibly sorry. That's a lot to handle at one time. Um, and your breath is going to be your best friend right now. So when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel angry, when you feel sad, when you feel like you just can't handle this kind of loss and pain right now, take a deep inhale in and like exhale it all out, setting intention to just let your body release it and let your body feel it on the way in and let your body let go of it on the way out. Um, And then spending time if you can like outside and journal and move your body, um, your body, your emotions leave your body in three ways, which is breath, sound, and movement. So journaling is a form of movement. Um, and, and like I said earlier, just allow yourself to feel when you feel safe to feel. And it's also okay to shut it off every so often so you can work, so you can have fun, so you can have experiences. You don't have to feel it all, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hope that even men, I'm so proud and happy that he submitted that question. And, and I hope that men feel comfortable and safe to do those things yeah. because they grieve too. They yeah. grieve too. They're human beings. Of course. Breath is a big one. Breath is your everything. It really is. Okay. That was really good. I'm glad that he did that. Um, okay. My friend said, do you find yourself drawn to the same type of men or did divorce help you narrow down? what you're looking for in a partner? Really good question. Uh, definitely yeah. narrow down. Dating has definitely helped me narrow down. <laughs> yep. I'm not attracted to the same. Um, there are definitely, so, okay, full transparency. I'm definitely like 
attracted to like the wounded soul <laughs> but I'm working yeah. on that you're like well, I, I can help you I can help you I can give you adaptogens and like nestle <laughs> you between my boobs and like heal you with everything that I am um but no um I definitely went kind of opposites in looks um and there are some similar traits that have popped up, but I've questioned whether I always question whether those are healthy or whether that's a repeating of patterns. And um, yeah, I, I think I, I went pretty opposite on a lot of things, but of course there's certain things that have recycled, um, but I'm very con- cognizant and aware of them when they show up. How do you forget sad experiences from your mind? So I'm interpreting that as, you know, if sad memories come up, how do you, do you still let yourself feel them? Yeah. Um, I really think you have to get incredibly honest with yourself on this one and wonder if you still haven't processed it or if you're stuck. Um, I don't think that we should get rid of sad memories in the sense that they are always going to live somewhere in your body. Um, but if you want to like stop them from continuously going up, my guess continuously coming up, you're either stuck or you haven't really fully processed it. And so you have to get really honest with yourself and see which one of those it is and then go from there. Ooh, wow. That's big. That makes me reflect a lot. I don't get a, I don't have a lot of memories that pop into my head anymore either, but it does, it does happen on occasion, but it's always, it's always bad memories which is interesting. I rarely have flashbacks of good memories, which is affirming that yes, I made the right decision. Well, and I also do think our why our brains are actually like wired for negative. So I think that we do remember negative more than positive in general. Um yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one. When did you know it was time to leave your partner or to end it? Um, that's a really good question. I probably different for everyone. I think it's different for everybody. Looking back now, I I shouldn't have stayed as long as I did. Honestly, it was just in my body. My body was screaming at me all the time. And I didn't want to live that life anymore. Um, I think it's, I think it's such a hard, it's so personal to know when, but, um, when I realized that, we were on not only not on the same page, but in different books. Mm, that's big. And those books were never going to be prequels or sequels to each other. <laughs> no, but that's so good that you realize that because a lot of people don't. They stay. And, and they I did stay for eight. I mean, we were together for 12 years. So I did stay time. for a really long time. It's a really, really long time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's very scary to choose yourself. It's, it's terrifying. terrifying. Because it's terrifying. Both like socially in our like society of like women don't pick themselves first. No. You know, and so there's that narrative and then there's the narrative of like what if I can't do this? What if I can't sustain on my own? What if I can't? What if you what if you can? But what if I can? Mm-hmm. And that was the, that was what got me through it of like, 
if I can get through the shit that I've been through in my life before, like I can get through this. I can do this. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I can do it. Hey, none of us do. Do you, do you feel like you're, do you feel like healing is lifelong or do you feel like it's something you can achieve? And that's my last question for you. Cause I, I often struggle with that. Um, I think, am I ever going to really heal from my divorce or is it something that lifelong I'm every single day I'm working on? I think that again, that might be more individual and to individual events in your life. I believe that you can completely heal, but it doesn't mean that later on a layer might not reveal itself that you need to go deeper for. And so that's where like healing's not linear and healing is also, I believe, never ending, which I realize can be so um, discouraging for people when it comes to like choosing a healing path. But the thing is, is it's not, you're not in it all the time. It's like you you know, there's a wound and it crusts over. This is a disgusting analogy, but it works really well. You know, there's a wound and it crusts over and, um, and then like you scrape it again and like the wound is exposed. And so that's an uh, opportunity for you to go deeper. And then it just continues like that. And so with each layer, you get stronger, you learn more quickly, you figure it out. So yes, healing's never ending, but you also start to figure it out. You don't flail as much. You don't, um, you start to trust that this isn't, this is happening for you. Yeah. Um, and I think that for you, maybe the end of your healing from your divorce is when you fully are just okay with yourself and you find somebody new. That new person's not going to be the healing, but it's going to tell you that that's where you're healed enough to be able to have a sustainable relationship with somebody. And so I think it's different for everybody. Um, I definitely am on the other side of it, and but I still have stuff that comes up because yeah. it's just life. Yeah. This, is, this has all been so, so good for me to hear, and I know it will be good for people to hear too because I don't have a lot of people I can relate to on this topic. And especially with the baby thing, a lot of, I don't have people who I can relate to. I have friends who have partners and they know one day they want kids. They just don't know when. And it's very, very, very hard because I was there. We were about to try to have kids. Yeah. Thank God we didn't. Right. But we I'm were so grateful that we did not have children. Like through a divorce with a child. No, like absolutely not. I'm so grateful no. for it, but it just, it, it, that baby fever swings in and out. And right now it is so strong. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I really, really feel maternally. Or I feel a very strong maternal instinct and I'm at, I'm at the age where my body's like, hello. Oh yeah. Mine's been screaming Every- for a while. Yeah. So it's so nice to hear you say that you feel that because I feel so much shame around wanting to be a mom and I'm single and 29 living alone. And there ain't nothing to be ashamed about. No, not at no. There is no shame in divorce and so many people experience it. And I really hope this episode helps people listening to, and it will, and it so. will. Um, my friend, is there anything else you want to add? Where yeah. can people find you? Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I was so yes, honored when you asked me. 
Um, so on Instagram, I'm body bliss life. Um, and my website's www.bodyblisslife.com. And, um, yeah, I, I help people. (laughs) And if you guys don't follow her, go follow her immediately. I love your story highlights, your content. Very uplifting. I'm addicted to your daily pours now. I got matcha because of you. (laughs) You know, it's such a silly, it's, it might seem so silly, but it's, it's like part of people's day, you know? Yeah. They look forward to that song with that coffee or that matcha pour every morning and they, it reminds them to take a breath. Yep. Exactly. Instagram can be so good. You know, people talk about it. It's so, so good. When it's bad, it's horrid. Yes, but go follow her and you guys know the divine light within me sees and honors and loves the beautiful, bright divine light within each and every one of you. Thank you so much for coming on. 